I want you to go with me over to 1 Samuel. And uh, it's time for Big Mouth's mouth to be shut. And uh, it occurs to me, and I'm sure you would agree, that uh, all of us have one or more Big Mouths in our lives. That's rhetorical. Just in case you wanted to point somebody out. Yep, there they are over there. But something that embodies uh, your biggest nemesis, obviously operating on the inspiration of the enemy, but has a, a tangible form, something you could point to, something that you could name that is not lining up with God's word, that has a big voice that tries to intimidate you. And uh, in David's life, he had several of those. But I want to talk to you tonight about one of his big mouths, and his mouth was named Goliath. Now, who knows what yours is called tonight? It could be called cancer. It could be called debt. It could be called setback. It could be called depression. But aren't you glad that Jesus has a name that's above every name? So no matter what the big mouth is called, no matter what that big mouth is known by, the principles of the Word of God are the same. Greater is he that is in you than he that is where? That is in the world. Uh, you are the head, not the tail, above only and not beneath. And the thing right now is to make sure you understand your place in the body of Christ, the principles that govern your victory and your triumph. God hasn't called you to fail. He's called you to triumph. Amen. Look at somebody and say, you're a winner. Tell them you're nothing but a winner. So in 1 Samuel 17, we'll just pick it up around verse 4. It speaks of a champion named Goliath who was from Gath, and he came out of the Philistine camp. He was over nine feet tall. Now, how do you understand that's pretty tall? Now look at the top of the tip of my fingers, and that gives you an idea how tall he was. And about six of me wide. This is a big dude. But how many of you were taught by your mama growing up, the bigger they are? <laughs> Just think about the crater he made when he falls. Yes, amen. And the scripture describes him this way. He had a bronze helmet on his head and wore a coat of scale of armor, bronze weighing 5,000 shekels. He's walking around in armor that weighs 125 pounds. A well-trained special forces uh, man or woman would be carrying around a pack of about 80 pounds, but this is just his armor attached to him. On his legs, he wore bronze greaves, and, and uh, a bronze javelin was slung on his back. His spear shaft was like a weaver's rod, and its iron point weighed 600 shekels. His shield bearer went ahead of him. Now, this is a, a point of a spear that weighs 15 pounds. Now, if you get hit with a pointed 15-pound projectile, it's going to do quite a lot of damage to the average human body. You can see that this was overwhelming in terms of its force, but especially in its intimidation. And I want to remind you tonight, really the devil's bark for the believer is worse than his bite. He is a toothless devil. He roars, and that's why we focus on his mouth, not his intrinsic supernatural ability in the believer's life. Read on with me. Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why do you come out 
Um, why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine, and are you not the servants of, of Saul? Choose a man, and have him come down to me. If he's able to fight and kill me, we will become your subjects. But if I overcome him and kill him, you will become our subjects and serve us. Then the Philistines said, This day I defy the ranks of Israel. Shout that out. I defy. Give me a man and let us fight each other. On hearing this, the Philistines' words, Saul and all the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. Now we'll catch this up in just a little bit, but get this picture that the Philistines are on one hill, then there's a valley, and then the Jews are on another hill. And he would come down into that valley and he would, he would bark and intimidate and, and yell at them. And this went on for some time. They wouldn't want to move. In other words, his mouth was so big he managed to pin an entire army down. And yet, who's the blessed ones? The blessing is not on the Philistine. The blessing is on the one that's pinned down. That's why I'm telling you, you could be blessed, and you are, and you could be favored, and you are said, I am highly favored. I am blessed of God. In other words, the blessing gives you the empowerment to succeed, and the favor gives you the opportunity, the open door. All of these things don't matter if you listen to Big Mouth. There on that hill sits the most blessed people in the history of the world. And while we're blessed as a nation, we'll never have exactly what God had designated them to have. We're blessed in Christ. Aren't you glad we're, we're believers? But understand, in the world, in the context they lived in, they were most blessed, and there they sat on the hill. Why? One mouth. And I could dive into some things tonight and get way off subject. But I do want to say this. Too many of you are paying attention to that one mouth. It could be a spirit. It could be a spirit used in a person. And everything you are in Christ, everything you're called to do, everything he has given you, his empowerment, his blessing, his word, his future. How many still believe he has a future and a hope for you? And then here comes that one mouth. And neutralize every good thing God has decreed about you. Now it's time for us to silence that thing. I don't know what it is for you. You know, it's different for different people. In David's case, you know, he's looking at an army pinned down, blessed of God, called of God, his chosen people sitting on a hill, petrified by one mouth. You know, if they just got up all of a sudden, went to attack him, that would have been the end of that. But there they sat in fear because of that one mouth. Well, read on. David shows up around uh, verse 26. And he asked the man standing, What will be done for the man who kills the Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel? Do you see this? Disgrace. It's disgraceful for a child of God to be pinned down by a pagan mouth. It's a disgrace for a man or a woman of God to be pinned down by some satanic mouth. Got some good news for you. The Lord's about to remove your shame and disgrace. Hallelujah. You spend all the time you're going to under his mouth. Glory to God. Scripture says, pick it up here, and uh, they, they repeated to him what they had 
seen, saying and told him, this is what will be done for the man who kills him. Great reward, great honor, and debt cancellation for his household family. Um, Jesse would live the rest of his life tax-free. See this? That's why I want to remind you that that everything in your redemption package is tied to every other element. You can't separate them. Does this make sense? Somebody may say something like, well, you know, I believe in forgiveness and redemption and going to heaven, but you know, you faith people talk about healing and deliverance, and you talk about prosperity, you talk about God providing for you. Let me tell you something. You can't separate one from the other. They all go together. Like dominoes, they fall. That's just the nature of his redemption and of his salvation. And I recommend that you stop letting the big mouth talk you out of things. Let me help you out here. Religion has a big mouth. Thank you for your enthusiasm over that revelation. Let me try it one more time. Religion has a big mouth. Amen. Amen. Your job is to pay attention to what the Word says instead of that mouth. Well, I mean, all David's doing is coming down there in faith, and he's bringing some goods for him. Verse 28, when alive, David's oldest brother heard him speaking with the, with the men. He burned with anger at him and asked, what have you, uh, why have you come down here? And with whom did you leave those few sheep in the desert? I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You came down only to watch the battle. Now listen to me, and everybody look up at here. When you begin to get bold in the things of God, and you begin to rebuke disease, and you begin to call in debt cancellation, and you begin to command the dead to rise, and you begin to bold, you know, walk as the righteous do, as bold, there are a lot of people that are going to see you as conceited. It's not conceit, it's conviction. It's not arrogance, it's the knowledge of the one that they serve. This is true in every generation. If you want to walk in the power of God, understand you're going to lose some favor with men. (laughs) I can see I'm not going to get through this message. (laughs) Uh, you, You can't care what people think about your spirituality. You can't be ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God unto all of our benefits, all of our salvation, all of our soundness, every good thing God has. You can't be ashamed to be people that are born again. I remember when I was a baby Christian, I hear these people just, just with sarcastic voices. You know, he's, he's born again. Even my, my brother made that comment. I've seen the light when I was about done with high school. Well, I'm, I'm happy to tell you that he's seen the light now too. In fact, all four of us and mom and dad have seen the light. How do you know it's an important thing? Make fun of it all you want to. Well, they're they're born again. They're a born again bunch. Guilty as charged. Amen. Because if you're not born again, you're not going to heaven. Jesus told Nicodemus, Nick at night, you must be born. Why was it at night? Because Nick wouldn't come see him in the daylight. So Nick saw him at night. Now, Big Mouth said, you can't go because they may see you. Associate you with Jesus, that'll be the end of your political power and religious power. But he did. And he said, you must be what? Born again. And then a wonderful thing happened to 
to people when they got born again. Now God wanted to baptize them in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. And I'm telling you what, Big Mouth didn't like it then and Big Mouth doesn't like it today. But I will tell you this, on Wednesday night, do you know what it's like, uh, Timothy will experience this, and you all have as you've had children growing up, do you know what it's like when, when your child grows up into something and they do something really amazing, and you go, that's my boy. <laughs> when the events of Wednesday night unfolded, this church jumped on that thing in prayer. Didn't think twice about what anybody thought. Didn't care who was around. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Uh, I don't know what the background of the EMTs is or whatever, but I can tell you what, they got an earful as they were doing their job. And let me tell you something, that, that divine partnership of people doing what they knew to do, plus the people of God doing what they knew to do, has resulted in an amazing thing happening and praise going to God, who deserves all the glory and the praise and the honor. Now, I'm not talking about being stupid, you know. I remember when somebody told me there was a revival going on in Mayfield years ago, and the revivalist was there, great things were happening. Somebody got really turned on for God and thought they'd go in the sonic and they would give their order in tongues. I'm not talking about being stupid. <laughs> Expecting the person on the other end to be able to interpret what you want. Amen. Look at somebody and say, this is not about being stupid. It's also not about being embarrassed or ashamed of what you are. Because these things are driven by the power that is surged and brought to bear through the gift of God. I'm a, I'm a big fan of how Smith Wigglesworth lived his life and his legacy, though, like the Lord, he never wrote the things down. We don't have any knowledge or record of his ministry because he preserved it. People that followed him and family preserved it. But he left a message that if you want to flow in that kind of miracle power, and how do you understand we've got to be on the ready? There was no memo sent out. Someone's going to have a heart attack and die. Hey, hey, preacher, he's going to die while you're preaching. Hey, pastor, you get to join the Paul Club now. You preach somebody to death. Congratulations. <laughs> Let me just say, I was highly motivated too. This is not going to happen on my watch. And I'm telling you all, if you think about dying, just cross the street. You're not doing it again. <laughs> well, Paul, he fell out of a window. He preached so long. Went downstairs, they picked him up, raised him from the dead so he could finish his sermon. <laughs> Hello? But in, in his legacy, not that he would go point by point, but he made it, made it very, very plain. If you're going to be on the active ready, you're not going to get an email saying something's about to happen. Now, your spirit may know something, but you've got to be on active ready all the time. In military terms, you know, you need to go to what? You need to go to your quarters. You need to make sure that you're where you're supposed to be when the war breaks out, ready to fire that weapon, ready to do what you're supposed to do. And to get that way on active ready, you have got to absolutely keep the word before your eyes and ears all the time. 
you don't have time. You know, and, you know, David, I realize you're having a heart attack. Just stay right there. I'm going to get my conference tapes out and listen to them. And then when I get done listening to all 25 messages, I'll come back. You're not going to have time. And this is a message God's trying to get across us. We have to be ready now. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So I felt like a, like a happy daddy Wednesday night. <laughs> I thought to myself, if the devil walked in here on two feet, they'd have to carry him out. <laughs> Glory to God. Just pounded that thing in the spirit and dealt with that thing in the natural. Glory to God. And God is saying, he's just really wanting you to take this as a teachable moment to be ready wherever you go. Because you have no idea where someone's going to be in need any given situation, any place, any time. And then you'd be crammed full of the word of God. Look at somebody say, get filled. And stay filled. We have no excuse. I mean, we have, I think, up to 350 hours of it now on our website teaching. You can get anything you want off of Keith Moore's website. There's no reason for any of us to be, what, malnourished when it comes to the Word of God. Hallelujah. How many translations do you have on your phone? I don't make a big deal about which one, but read one at least. Amen. He said you have to have a pure life. Say it with me, a pure life. These are... These are Wigglesworth standards for walking consistently in the power of God. And they're not beyond any of us. Come on, say it. They're not beyond me. This isn't some little secret key you have to have that nobody can do. Only special people, you know, with pixie dust can get this stuff. No, you walk this way, you're going to be on active ready. You're going to see amazing things happen. <laughs> I'll tell you, tell you a little secret here, and you just keep it right here. And you too, if you're watching. I'm going to find out again. <laughs> but uh, at Tribe of Judah, there's an event going on where a certain outlaw biker gang is gathered there to have their national meeting. And uh, several hundred of the officers are gathering actually in the building, and they've asked Ben to address them. And you should pray and intercede that God would just get a hold of their hearts and minister to them. But somewhere along the line this week, my mom called my sister, and she was right in the middle of this gathering and told her about her kidneys, and Tammy just screamed. Probably not the wisest thing to do in the middle of a bunch of outlaws. Is... <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. But we're talking about purity of lifestyle. Amen. Things you know that are wrong. Don't do things you know that are right. Do them. Purity of heart is a big deal. You know, what's really going to be sad is when God wants to use somebody, but because they just won't let something go, they're not going to be qualified to flow in that power. That power is stopped up by things like unbelief and fear, but also by walking in less than the love standard that God has for all of us. There's a reason why he keeps pounding this, because we disqualify ourselves if we're not walking in love. Whatever's happened to us or we've observed or we've gone through, it's just not worth not being used by God. Amen. Amen. Well, Pastor, I'm just going to have to pray through that. While you're praying through that, somebody could miss their miracle. Right. While you're praying through it, you could be missing your miracle. Yeah. 
Uh, do you know that since about 1998, we've had some kind of recovery ministry going on here in this church? One of the oldest church-based ministries around. Hundreds of people have gotten help. How long has Elijah House been going on? About two months after y'all got here, something like that. I don't know, but it was pretty quick. What do you, what do you think these things are for? They're not for you getting a certificate. I graduated. No, it's about getting in position so you can minister in the supernatural. I mean, dear God, there's only a certain level of people in the body of Christ that will even seek God at that level. And a certain number of them that will ever be prepared for it. And then there's the group that will actually do what he tells them to do that are prepared to get involved in those things. Amen. So look, whatever's going on, whatever you have, let it go. Turn to three people in town, let it go. Now, whoever doesn't do this is going to have to come up here and sing that song for all of us. So I recommend. Uh, <laughs> I understand that song is a lot like a song when I was growing up in the 70s. Debbie Boone sang a song called You Light My Life. It meant something to her. Most people never got a clue. But after 5,000 weeks is number one or whatever it was. <laughs> WSIL, Poplin Rock Radio, Carbondale, Illinois, built up to, you know, connect with SIU. The guy live on the air said, I can't stand it anymore. And he literally ripped the record off the turntable and threw it against the wall. You could hear it. That was it. He had had enough. <laughs> well, look, I think you have to get to the place where you've had enough. Had enough of low living and unforgiving. Amen. Getting into bitterness and getting into offense and just flowing with what God has for you. Amen. Stay saturated in the word. Amen. Stay pure before God. Pure in body, pure in mind, pure in heart. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And the third thing he emphasized was being filled with the Spirit and praying in the Holy Ghost all the time. There's something that keeps you and sustains you at a level like nothing else, and that is the Pentecostal experience that you have enjoyed. And uh, the more you use what God has given you, the more you're going to be on active ready when something happens. You're going to know how to operate in those things. There's going to be insight and perspective. There's going to be revelation coming to you. There's going to be, you know, commands and demands of the Lord. There's going to be nuances of the Spirit of God, all that you're more sensitive to when you've been praying in the Holy Ghost a lot. What I found out is when people pray in the Holy Ghost, they're more sensitive to little directions of God. They're more sensitive to be soul conscious, people that are lost and undone without God. There's more compassion in their hearts for people that are down and out. There's more compassion for people who are sick and are broken. There's just something supernatural that happens. And my brothers and sisters, this is why the devil will fight this tooth and nail all the days of your life. And you've got to just cross the line and say, you know what, I don't care. I'm going to use the gift that God gave me. Amen. In the full gospel church, there is literally an army of people that God would like to disperse and send them into battle, but they're not ready and they have the equipment, they just don't use it. Amen.
Glory to God. Active ready. Say it with me. Stay in the word. Stay pure. Stay filled. Say, will he fill me every day? If you ask him to. Do you need it every day? Yeah. Paul's teaching is very clear. Be being filled with the Holy Spirit. It was never supposed to be the one-time shot a badge of honor. And I'll tell you what, don't let the voice right now of big mouth religion overwhelm the voice of the Apostle Paul and the teachings of Jesus Christ who said, wait in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Can I tell you something? That was not an option or a request. It was a command of God. You'd be amazed at the level of intensity you'll function if you'll just receive everything God has for you. Amen. 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 Say it with me. I'm a receiver. I'm a a believer. So here you have this big mouth out there. Raise your hand if you've ever had a big mouth. I'm not talking about you personally. I mean somebody you're dealing with. Come on, raise it up high. There's a big mouth, and they talk to you. Well, throughout your life it may change, but sometimes you're dealing with something over a long haul, and it's time for your big mouth to go down. Do you see this? Well, David shows up. You know what? He's, he's on active ready. <laughs> I don't know how many thousands of men were up on that hill, watch this, who were not active ready. Not even the king was active ready. If he had half a revelation of what was on him, he would have marched down there and taken that giant's head off himself. But there was no revelation about actually what was on him, how far that blessing carried. Amen. It's possible to have lots of people around you. That doesn't mean they're active, ready for whatever God wants to do. Amen. Now, if you're concerned about people thinking you're weird, it's too late. Uh, Will must tell me this story got into the ears of the pastor of First Baptist Church in Paducah. And he asked you a question, didn't he? Did the whole church see it? <laughs> Those that were here saw what God did. Deep in people's hearts, they desired to see a present-day manifestation and reality of the Spirit of God in his ministry. Uh, you and I need to be those ones that are on the active ready. Can you assemble for war? Yes. Can you make a lot of noise? Yes. Can you pitch your tents up there on the hill? Yes. Can you say all the right things, believe all the right things? Yes. Can you have church services and music and lights and sound? Yeah, you can have it all. That does not mean that anybody in that crowd is active ready. And I'm telling you, uh, Doc Barkley calls them placebo churches. You know what a placebo is? If I'm going to do a study, I'm going to give this crowd the real medicine then I'm going to give this crowd what? Sugar pill. Tell them they don't know who's getting the, the, the pill, the sugar. They don't, get the, they don't know who the one is getting the real medicine. And they just track what the results were. In other words, in that sugar pill, there is no power to affect change in that person. Placebo. Why? Because it is possible for you to gather, to hang out, to have thousands on a hill that are not active ready. Come on, tell two people, I want to be active ready. Come on, shout it out. I want to be active ready. Full of the word. Full of the Holy Ghost. Full of purity. Amen. And nobody can measure these things but you. 
I mean, your spouse can think how you're doing, but only you know for sure how you're doing. And how many you know God knows exactly where you are? You can't fake it. You're either walking in it or you're not. But I hear the Holy Ghost saying that God is not interested in what you didn't have a week ago, a month ago, or last year. He's not interested in bringing up the fact that two years ago, five years ago, you weren't ready. He's not interested in what happened 20 years ago when you could have made a difference. He's asking you to be ready now. That is not his interest. Now is his interest. If you're not careful, you'll sit there and go, well, you know, that's right. I just kind of blew it and I wasted it. Let me tell you something. In God, you can make it up. He can cover more ground in the next years of your life than you've ever seen you thought you might have wasted. Because that's the way he is. Hallelujah. You remember when the, the prophet was being chased by Ahab and Jezebel? Remember how fast he was able to run? He covered much ground very, very quickly. So go back to this text, and I'm going to give you some of these principles. How many of y'all love this story? And how many know he's still in the giant slaying business? No matter how big their mouth is. And this guy's got quite the big mouth. So, I'm going to skip a little bit further on down than that. Everybody say big mouth. Big mouth. Uh, Saul tries to put the armor on David. David says, I can't go out in these. And then uh, verse 41, Meanwhile, the Philistine with his shield bearer in front of him, get coming close to David, he looked David over and saw that he was only a boy, ruddy and handsome, and he despised him. Boy, that's a revelation. Big mouth doesn't like you at all. Why is everybody always picking on me? Why is this? Because somebody doesn't like you. No matter how sweet you think you are, Somebody's not going to like you. I know that comes as a revelation to some people. What do you mean? What did I do? All you got to do is walk with God and somebody's not going to like you. Do you realize that being hot for God makes people that are cold feel, you know, bad in your presence? You're not making them feel anything. Hallelujah. People that are lukewarm don't want to be around hot people. Unless they made the decision to be hot for God. He said to David, everybody say, here comes the big mouth. He said to David, am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? Now, who is he saying this to? In the hearing of everybody, but to David. Do you see this? You can't melt just because the enemy calls you a name. You can't melt because somebody doesn't like you. You can't melt because somebody resists you. You send me a little dog. Then you come out me with sticks. And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Thank God nobody can curse us by their gods because we're blessed by our God. Amen. And I believe David knew that. Come here, he said, and I'll give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. And David said to the Philistine. If you're going to be active, ready, you're going to have to learn to talk back to Big Mouth. You're never getting rid of this disease. Talk back to Big Mouth. 
You'll never defeat this cancer. Talk back to big mouth. You'll never get out of debt. Talk back to big mouth. You'll never be used of God. Talk back to big mouth. Well, you're disqualified because you're a failure. Talk back to big mouth. He's going to talk, so you need to talk back to him. I mean, for such a young kid, David had a lot of revelation, didn't he? Where did it come from? What was he out there with the sheep doing? Worshiping God and writing praise songs. Hallelujah. <laughs> David said to the Philistine, You come against me with sword and spear and javelin. I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, <laughs> whom you have what? Defied. The God of that army on the hill. Amen. This day, the Lord will hand you over to me and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. Can you imagine how this nine foot guy listening to this, his reaction to the smirk on his face? <laughs> and it says the uh, I'll give the carcasses of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the beasts of the earth and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel and all those gathered here will know that it is not by the sword or spear that the Lord saves for the battle is the Lord's and he will give all of you into our hands. Now watch this. As the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran back up on the hill. <laughs> no. He ran quickly to the battle line to meet him. You know, you can't run to the battle line if you're not at the battle. <laughs> there are still millions of American Christians that are 50 million miles wide and a millimeter deep. They still can't even figure out they need to be in the house of God, let alone showing up to the battle, moving right along. <laughs> And the Philistine moved closer to attack him. David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him, reaching into his bag and taking out a stone. He slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. And the stone sank into the forehead and he fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed. What year is it? It's the year triumphing over your big mouth. David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone without a sword in his hand. He struck down the Philistine and killed him. And David ran and stood over him, took hold of the Philistine's sword. Get this picture. It's almost as tall as he is. <laughs> and he drew it from the scabbard. And after he killed it, he cut off his head with a sword. This text implies that he just knocked him down with a stone. Look at somebody and say, the church needs to follow through. And they cut off his head with a sword. When the Philistines saw that their hero was dead, they turned and what? Ran. Then the men of Israel and Judah 
surged forward with a shout and pursued the Philistine to the entrance of Gath and to the gates of Ekron. Their dead were strewn along the road to Gath and Ekron where the Israelites returned from chasing the Philistines. They plundered their camp. David took the Philistine's head and brought it to Jerusalem and he put the Philistine's weapons in his own tent. <laughs> Hallelujah. Look at somebody and say, it's time for your big mouth to go down just like that one. Hallelujah. It's time for big mouth to go down. Praise God. I noticed something about this scripture. David didn't hear any more from big mouth after this. And if you notice that victory is contagious, when big mouth was down, suddenly all of Israel finds their courage. That's right. Victory is contagious. Triumph is contagious. For too long the church has been spreading gloom, doom, misery, and agony on me. Amen. Too much hee-haw. That's right. Just a few more weary days and then we'll fly away, hanging on and holding on theology. When you and I are supposed to be taking the hill. Amen. Defeating Big Mouth. Now you know what God is looking for? He's looking for some Davids. Raise your hand if you'll be his point person. Some of you are not so sure. Let me try that again. How many will be his point person? You'll go out there and be an inspiration to others. Hallelujah. Now, he carried with him a thing called a shepherd's bag. It's not real complicated. He's a shepherd. Right? And so he should have things in his bag to do the job that he's supposed to do. Now, you and I need to see it from God's perspective. In the West, particularly, and it's because of the Eastern influence, we see ministry as a division between clergy and laity. You have professional ministry, and then you have people that simply watch and maybe give some money and a little bit of service here and there. But the New Testament model is where you are equipped by pastors to do the work of the ministry, it's a reformation that's been in the Bible since, of course, it was written, but has been lost for a long time until about the 70s and 80s in the American church. That it's not, there's a minister on the platform and all of us just kind of sit there and cheer him on and praise the Lord. Isn't that wonderful? My, wasn't that a lovely sermon? Let's go have potluck. No, the real Bible model is we train and equip you and you go out. And you do these things with supernatural power. Hallelujah. Jay Schaefer, who was my board member in Hopkinsville and led by the Lord to, uh, by Mark Randall years ago at Murray State and a big supporter of Chi Alpha and now a very big supporter of 212, he came over and uh, he wanted to pray with Todd and we had some fellowship and uh, we actually went out to Mark's grave marker where it says the world's best you know, campus pastor and he can be second, right? Amen, not a problem with that. <laughs> And when Jay first said he wanted to go out there and pray for him, all I could think about was these nuts laying on graves out there in California. I'm trying to soak up somebody's, you know, anointing. But that wasn't the point. The point was, here's the great man of God with Jesus. And what Jay wanted to do is pray that that mantle would fall on him. How many of you see evidence of that mantle has fallen on that man of God? Yeah. Praise the Lord. But what God is wanting to do is have something fall fresh on you and on me. 
And you are, in fact, a shepherd of people's souls. You may not have a million and a half like Dr. Cho or, you know, 300,000 like a fellow in South America. But you have somebody that God has charged you to impact and shepherd. And what's in that bag? Well, there are a lot of things in the bag that don't belong there. So if the devil slips something in there that shouldn't be, get it out. Turn to somebody and say, look in your bag and get it out. Is there any compromise in there? Any jealousy in there? Amen. God is wanting to restore the power of God to his people, but you can't have that restored and take his glory. Amen. He's the source of the power and the goodness. Give the glory to him. Amen. You need to realize that, uh, you know, we talked about God doing this more and more and more. No, we're not looking for more people dropping dead in the service. But, you know, I wasn't born last night. I've been in this a few years. I have, by in November, when November comes, Kelly and I would have been doing this as senior pastors for a total of 30 years. No one has ever died in one of my services. Why do I bring this up? Because that was directly in God's face Wednesday night. You're going to proclaim, you know, uh, the harbor, Hope Harbor, as a capital for the miraculous, we'll see. And you know, the, the Lord knew who is omnipresent and all-knowing what the devil was trying to cook up, and he had all the right people here. He had a fired-up group who had been sitting under the Word of God about glorification now since Jesus first came the first time. <laughs> and he had it all in order. But it was directly in the face of God. Amen. Hallelujah. And what you need to realize is that wherever you go, there may not be necessarily life and death, but there's a need for the life of God in that person. And he wants to use you. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. That's our God. Yes, it is. I said that's our God. Yes. And big mouth in your day, in your life has seen his better days. Amen. 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 Everybody just start waving. Say goodbye, big mouth. I'm done with you. Amen. Take a hike. Get out of here. I'm done with you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. When I read this story, though, I, I see some things from, from this example that you and I can and should apply to our lives and be mindful. Uh, because there'll be times when you may be the only one that steps up. You need to be on active, ready to do so. Amen. Not sitting up there petrified with everybody else, but ready to know their God. Because the Bible says they that know their God will do what? Great exploits. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, from God's perspective, I, I think he's very pleased with how you as a congregation handled what happened Wednesday night. And that's not a small thing. It's a big deal. Because I'm very, very perceptive. And you know what I saw and sensed? I didn't see a bunch of fear rising up. 
I didn't see a bunch of unbelief rising up. From those that were working physically to those that were praying, there was this diligence, there was a spirit about that in the house. That's what you want to keep. Amen. You'd have that same spirit. You walk into a hospital room and they're hooked up to every tube and there's every bell, every whistle, every fluid running, and you, none of that stuff moves you. None of that stuff moves you because you have access to a power you know that is way beyond anything you can see. And you've got to train yourself that way. You have to stop and you have to say, you know what, you're going to hear and see and feel things in the natural, but you have to stay on the Word of God, on the active, ready. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm not going to give the details of this because the person wouldn't be happy with me if I did. But I can tell you this. They pray for people in a hospital, and the hospital started emptying out. Would that be okay? Amen. Anna, you know a little bit about that, don't you? (laughs) Is God using the people of God? Yes, amen. There's Medicare, there's Medicaid, there's private insurance, and there's Jesus Care. Um, we need to get excited about that. Praise God. Amen. It is time for Big Mouth to fall. You're never getting rid of me. You'll never get rid of this. You'll never overcome this. I'm too big. I'm too bad. How about this one? I've been here too long. Do you know that the Bible doesn't care how long something's been there? Long-standing diseases and sicknesses. God treated those as if they were only there for a moment. It doesn't matter how long they're there. Amen. Praise God. It's time to take out your sword and cut the head off a big mouth. Amen. Don't wait until he's already got into your spirit. Amen. Glory to God. Well, write these things down. What should be in your spiritual bag when big mouth comes around? Number one is confidence in God. You know where that comes from? It comes from his word, but also comes from you reminding yourself what God has already done in your life. Come on, raise your hand if you've ever seen God heal somebody you cared about. You've been delivered in your own life of something. God's done something great for you. You know, Dr. Folsom, who taught history at Murray State for years and was also a Chi Alpha faculty sponsor, he used to teach a lesson about having a man a jar of remembrance of what God has done for you. And then every once in a while, pull that jar down and look at all the things that God has done for you. David understood that I can go take that giant because he pulled down that manna jar. And he talked about the time that he took out a bear. And he talked about the time he took out a lion. That is his history. And I dare say God has used you as well. You have seen great things happen in the past. You've seen God move in your life. You were on the edge and he came through. Somebody needed a miracle and they got it. I was telling you about uh, mom this morning. Uh, My dad is uh, now 1980. What year is it now? 40 years ago, diagnosed with a little-known disease known as Wegner's. And that particular disease at that time, I've told you this story, but it's my story, and I'm going to tell it anyway. Amen again. (laughs) Nine people were dead. Tenth was dying in Sao Paulo, Brazil. He was the 11th case that Barnes Hospital in St. Louis was aware of. There was no basic way or treatment, you know, protocol for it, but people of God prayed for him all over the nation, 
and in four months those markers were gone. And he sat right here again today enjoying the presence of God and the Word of God. He recently went back to see somebody. Their very big question was, if, if we leave Phoenix, what kind of health care are we going to find in Kentucky? <laughs> what kind of health care would we find in Kentucky? Look at somebody say, Kentucky. I'm like, Dad, they wear shoes. They've been in medical school. You know. <laughs> so, you know, um, this particular disease uh, is in the, the rheumatoid specialist field. Uh, it's a, you know, immune issue, and it was discovered by a, a plethora of different conditions that they finally tied all together, and it was more deadly than any known cancer at the time. And... They're, they're wanting to find somebody, you know, in this region who can actually follow up and continue to, to, you know, run the test and see what's going on. And lo and behold, they find this guy in Paducah. Everybody say Paducah. Paducah. <laughs> Everybody say it Say Paducah. Paducah. And this doctor trained directly under his lead physician who is the lead researcher on that disease. And where does God send him? Paducah. And uh, he had some tests run. Forty years later, he's still as clean as a whistle. Amen. Glory to God. That's the God that we serve. Amen. I said, what do you say? Oh, come back and see me in six months. Whatever. <laughs> but to see the Lord line that up. Amen. Now, the focus for you and for me is there are all kinds of people out there with all kinds of needs. Amen. And God has already done so much in your life. You take out that confidence out of that bag and you look at it and say, you know what, this is what God did for me. There was a need he met. There was a deliverance here. There was a healing. There was a breakthrough that happened. Come on, give God a shout if he's ever done anything for you that's significant. Amen. Praise God. And you don't just say, well, that was nice, but you keep rehearsing it. You rehearse it. You remember what he's done for you. And it keeps you on the active ready. Second thing he pulled out of that bag is courage. Everybody say courage. courage. Everybody else was pinned down. He was just full of the Holy Ghost and ready to roll. Where did that come from? Faith comes by? And hearing by what? Where was David before this incident? Everywhere he went, he made an altar unto God. It's the most powerful things we have in the Word of God came from this young man under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. So powerful was he that when he played for Saul, who was tormented by demonic activity, he would push the demonic activity away. And that is a word for someone in here tonight. That demonic activity coming against you, you need to praise it away. Just lift your voice to God and let the peace of God descend and come into your life. Amen. Everybody say, courage. courage. What is spiritual courage? Actually, it's a thing called faith. Say faith three times. Faith. It's boldness instead of cowering in his tent. His brother saw it as conceit. No, it's just holy boldness that comes from knowing who you are in God. Amen. Say it, I'm getting on active ready. Come on, say it again, active ready. 
Number three, he pulled a thing called covenant out of that bag. (laughs) David didn't understand why they're sitting up there on a hillside pinned down. He said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Say it with me. I'm a covenant person. You are not at the mercy of a non-covenant situation. And you need to remember that when you're in the fight. Say it with me. I'm a covenant person. I have a sacred, irrevocable promise from God. Blood cut. You see this? And all of these benefits. Do you notice that when the enemy was driven out, they plundered the enemy? You can't separate increase from these other benefits of your covenant. Don't let big mouth talk you out of it. Amen. So much for us to meditate upon here. But renew yourself in your thinking to the reality how powerful this is. Amen. Blood was shed so that you could walk in this thing. When you're about to minister to somebody, remember who you are. Too many Christians either don't know who they are or they have forgotten who they are. Number four, he pulled a thing called confession out of his bag. Anybody can announce the devil's got his head cut off after the head is cut off. Anybody can say, oh, big mouth got his. Yeah, we're with you. But to announce what big mouth is going to get before big mouth gets it. Now that's where confession comes in. Scripture says of Abraham, he called things that what? To be not as though they were. He said, this is what I'm going to do to David. And David said, this is what I'm going to do to you. And take your head off and I'm just not going to feed you to the birds. I'm going to feed your entire army to the birds. You have got to rise up and say what God said about that situation. No matter what you see in the natural, it doesn't look good. Powerful army. Look at this. An intimidated army, an intimidated king. But what does David say? Now, boldly proclaimed what he wanted to do. Now, watch this. Your confession is where you end up going in life. It's critical that you get this. The reason it's so important is it actually lays down the tracks that your life runs on. And what you want to do is run on tracks that are of triumph and, and victory. So put yourself in his spot. He's nine foot tall. His his spearhead is the weight of an average bowling ball. And he wants to throw that thing at me. Amen. It's powerful when you see people of God projecting in advance what God is going to do before they do it. That's why when we say miracle capital of the world, nobody in this building should even blink. Let me try that again. Nobody should even blink. Well, you know, you you don't say things until they happen. Anybody can do that. But I think it's more than a coincidence that the first time publicly we sow that seed is Wednesday night. Well, all I got to say is greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And the devil ought not mess with David. In the ER last Wednesday night, I looked at his hand and I saw literally the future of those hands. 
mighty things are going to be done through this man of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Then God causes all this stuff to break out around him. And Carolyn, you can say, well, I gave you mouth to mouth, bless God. I'm telling you what. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. And y'all can say, I know that man. Yeah. He was three feet from me with no pulse and not breathing. If you think it was all just pie in the sky and just emotionalism, David was D-E-A-D dead. But he is A-L-I-V-E tonight. Glory to God. Amen. So the devil is so willing to run his big black mouth. This is what we're going to do. You need to get into the spirit and say, you know what? I'm going to do what God says I can do. Come on, shout it out. The miracle. miracle. Capital of the world. Come on, say it again. The miracle. Capital of the world. And you and I are on active ready. Some of y'all wonder how you got to Murray, why you came to Murray, why you're still in Murray. Because the eagles are gathering. Because you have given up on this nonsense about, you know, God is telling me to be here or go there or whatever. God is telling you to go, but go into the spirit, go into the word, go into the power, go into the dominion. You're here for such a time as this. I can tell most of your stories. Through the years, many of you have come to me and you've said, why am I here? What am I doing? The difference in so many of you is you stuck it out and waited on God. And that honors him. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, Brother Art, I can understand uh, miracle capital of Highway 94. But I'm not sure about the world. Miracle capital of the county. No. <laughs> Can I tell you that, that something I'm not sure, maybe just with a few people. Uh, years ago, Mark Randall saw and prophesied that this would be a gathering place. People all over the world would come to this place. He saw in a vision the football stadium filled to the gills with people crying out to God and people storming the football field getting saved and getting delivered. We just don't think like he does. That you're actually in a pivotal place in the end times. You actually are. You're actually that seed of what he has actually ordained. Hallelujah. And if you just search your spirit tonight, you can sense it. Amen. Folks, somebody say it. You're in a good place. Put your seatbelt on. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, don't wait until you're healed to call yourself healed. Don't wait until you have all the provision to call yourself multiplied and Various ways provided for. Amen. Don't wait till you're delivered to call yourself delivered. Right. You know, I don't know why this is such a big deal to us, but you and I learned this. We got saved this way. 
This is how we receive everything else. Don't wait to see a manifestation of miracles or the anointing to call yourself anointed. Amen. Amen. You are. Praise God. <coughs> Hallelujah. Say it with me, confession. confession. Say it again, confession. confession. He pulled one more thing out of this, and this is where I really want just to, to, to bear down tonight. He pulled one more thing out of a thing called confrontation. Too many believers are sitting in their camp just waiting to defend the perimeter. God is telling you to go out and meet the enemy. Go confront the enemy wherever you find his manifestation. These walls are not the perimeter to be defended. This is just where you gather to be trained and to be regroup. An army that just gets trained and sits in the armory somewhere is no good to anybody. And that's what the body of Christ is like. Millions of people have been trained and then sitting in armories all over waiting for somebody to come and attack the armory. That's not where the battle was at. Amen. What did David do? Well, I'll just see if he comes for me. He saw that, that big mouth move and he tore out after him. He put that rock in the sling and what did he do? I tell you, that, that devil never knew what hit him. Wham! You know how big that guy's head is? How, what's the weight of an average human being's head? Eight to ten pounds? How big must this guy's head to be? I mean, come on now. He, he wasn't nine foot tall and had the size of Ruth's head. <laughs> and he had a helmet on, and how thick was the armor he had? How thick was his head? Surely you understand that it wasn't the sling and the rock that took him down. It was stepping out in a spirit of confrontation. I'm going to take this thing on. And he flew it. And guess what? It was supernaturally charged and directed to hit his spot. This, it, read it carefully. This is a giant bumbling down the hill running full tilt. And he hits his target just like that. And he's not dead when he comes to him. Amen. The protectionism and waiting around. We, we mistake waiting on the Lord for waiting to engage. It's time to engage. Say it with me. Full of the Holy Ghost. Walking in purity. Filled with the Word of God. Unashamed to be spirit-filled. Unashamed to go out there on the edge and do great things for God. Amen. Active ready. Come on, shout out. I am on active ready. Anytime, anywhere, any place. Lord, use me.